Welcome to another episode of Infinity X, where we give a stage and microphone to human excellence in the pursuit of never-ending opportunities and merging ecosystems with world-renowned entrepreneurs and influencers. Now, here's your host, David Harder. From the hallowed halls of Epic Financial Strategies and the Epic Production Studios here in Red Bank, New Jersey, we are Infinity X, giving a stage and microphone to human excellence in the constant and never-ending pursuit of creating infinite sales opportunities by having conversations and giving you access to human excellence, the entrepreneur, the business owner, and the person that you want to be doing work with. And guys, tonight is absolutely no different. We are thrilled to be here this evening. We're joined by Frank Minetti. Frank, how are Dave. you this evening? Thank you for having me, man. Oh, awesome. thank you. Pleasure's absolutely mine. Um, folks, we are infinityx.com. We are InfinityX YouTube uh, for the replay, also Spotify and Apple iTunes. And uh, tonight, you guys are going to get a absolute deep dive, high-level education and commentary on the interest rate market, on the housing market on what's happening with policy, and damn near just about everything that you want to know monetarily when it comes to money, because Frank, would you be kind enough to credentialize yourself with our with the good folks that are out there about For who sure. you are and what you're up to? In the Absolutely. World? So my name is Frank Minetti. I'm uh, with Advisors Mortgage Group Free Oldham. Actually, that's my branch. Uh, been in the mortgage industry. It's actually started in 93. So just started year number 30. <laughs> so which I can't believe I'm saying, know. <laughs> you know, we, we all had a we, we all had a, a plan to be like, you know, 41 retired, and done. You know, that, that didn't quite happen. But <laughs> yeah, so I've been doing this a long time. Still still plugging away. Um, and, you know, like, happy to be here and talk about everything that's going on in this market. That's, you know, I, I thought I woke up two years ago and thought I saw everything. Yeah, isn't that the truth? And I realized I didn't see everything. Yeah. You know, with what yeah. we went through pandemic and what we went through now most recently with, you know, housing demand and interest rates. And, you know, and, and the unfortunate thing is the general public is misinformed about a lot of stuff, you know, and that's what we want to kind of clear up and talk about, I'm sure. So, yeah, so that's really my 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 story um, started out with a broker operation for 11 years until the collapse came along in 2008. Yeah. And I want to go deeper into yeah, that. Frankly, sure. You know, like what I always what I always want is for because, you know, I think the true entrepreneur, yep. right, the business owner um, they're they're rooted in their roots right, right? you know right. and i i always think that you know the entrepreneurial spirit yep. comes from the stories of the past For right sure. it comes from experiences from the past so yep. share with the good folks if you wouldn't mind yeah, a little bit about what it was like for you growing up yeah happy and happy you know where you went to college you sure. know, like what's your aspiration yeah absolutely so uh, i grew up here in hazlitt uh, my, my family's a Hudson County family. Okay. Uh, mom was from Jersey City. Dad was Union City. Uh, dad specifically came from a family of small business owners. I mean, literally, they had me late in life. So uh, they were in their 40s when they had me. I'm an only child. Oh, wow. So, which okay. is kind of interesting, wow, right? Incredible. So I had a lot of invisible friends wow. when I was growing yeah. up, you know? And <laughs> so you know how that goes. And, uh, you know, These are my, to my five friends. Yeah, talk to myself right? a lot, right? <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, so they moved down here in like 1968, okay. I think paid $13,000 for the first house in Hazlitt. Wow. I grew up in Hazlitt. Um, awesome dynamite family. My parents were awesome, super supportive. Um, you know, day one looked to go into business when I graduated from Raritan High School here yep. in 1985 and went to Montclair State. Nice. You know, got okay. a, yep. got a okay. college education for like seven grand a year. Yeah. So yep. uh, worked out well, came and, out. And what did you study, by the way? So like, I, I was, was a finance major. You're a finance with major. With a political okay. science minor. Did you know, like, because I mean, it, listen. I, th I th there's nothing I think more inspiring mm -hmm. than when you know uh, you know as you're growing up, you know you're impressed upon yep. by your by your parents yep. the the values of strong work ethic, yep. but also a little bit of you know knowingness mm -hmm. and transparency of what you're going to go into in higher education. Yeah. So when you you know like because those are very very poignant. Yep majors yep. right did you know that that was something that you wanted to do when you went to college so yes and no and the yes part of it is so my fa my father coming out of that family business oh, was okay. discouraged ah. from being an entrepreneur because of the challenges he had with working with family 
you know, there was always such a family, you know, rub mm. that somebody was always mad at somebody else. So yeah, he well. had a philosophy of work for somebody else, put in your 30 years mm. and retire. And I didn't know where I was going. I, yeah. I knew I wanted to be in business and I was going to get that, that, you know, th that degree. And I was going to go work for, you know, a major organization, sure. major company. Sure. And I saw my friends doing internships at that time with like Price Waterhouse and yeah, oh, sure. you know, the big yeah, eight yeah. accounting firms yeah, at yeah. the Back time. Back then it was and Arthur Anderson. Arthur Anderson. And, and, and yeah, you, you sure, know who yeah. I'm talking about, KPMG right? And, yeah. and, and, I, and yeah. I came out of school. My father had passed away my junior year. Yep. So being an only child, I actually left school to take care of mom. Sorry to hear that. Uh, no, it's all good, man. It's yeah. so, I can't believe it. That was 1988. So, yeah. so coming, coming back home and then realizing, wait a second, I'm seeing my friends going to these entry-level positions, and they're doing okay. Yep. And then realizing that their moving up the ladder was predicated upon them getting, uh, you know, getting reviewed by somebody that was concerned about that person taking their job. And it was just this corporate struggle and it just didn't resonate with me. Isn't that incredible? Yeah. I know, I know. I wish I wish I would have recognized that years ago. Yeah, you so know, but he, yeah. here I am a twenty two year old kid, twenty one. Yeah. And I said, well, I don't know what I want to do right now. Let me start a landscaping business. Oh, really? So I started a landscaping okay. business. Okay. Mowing 110 lawns out in Manalapan. Wait, wait, wait. Post-graduation? I, I never graduated. Oh, you know, oh, didn't I didn't finish oh, because okay, of okay. my father dying in the middle of this. Got it. But got then it, I realized, it, okay. I started reading a little bit. Yeah. And I said, a lot of self-made millionaires don't have a college degree. No, it's very true. Right? It's very true. So I said, yeah. okay, let me, let me endeavor to get education. But I was always more of a hands-on guy. So let me get life experience, you know? So I started this, this small um, landscaping company. We did well, mm -hmm. you know? And I, again, as a 20-year-old, I tended bar. I, you know, I did all that. Sure. Made some extra sure. income. Yeah. And then- But um, were you reinvesting back into the business? Uh, we didn't really need to because there was like no overhead. Ah, you know, we, okay. we yeah, had yeah. a crew yeah. of what we needed. Yeah. I didn't see, I didn't see myself there long-term, which was really the reason why. Got it. So it was like Got a it. couple of years, let me plan out what I'm doing next and let me move on. Because yep. let's be honest with you. I used to say to my, my partners all the time in the business, the only thing that you can get excited about in mowing lawns for a living is straight lines. <laughs> and that's not what I wanted to do. You know? <laughs> I, I, you know, I didn't see myself right. doing that. Yeah. So. <laughs> I've never yeah. heard that yeah, before. Yeah, that was that, that's about you can get. Oh, you know? folks, folks, we are Infinity X stage and microphone with human excellence. We're joined by Frank Minetti this evening, and we're going to get a deep dive education on all things interest rate, mortgages, real estate, etc. But we're hearing about the journey of human excellence and the foundation of somebody who was going to Montclair State in finance and through life's changes decided to pivot and move into business. And that's where the, the, the discovery of the entrepreneurial spirit really came from so Frank so what happened next so what happened next was so my partner I had two partners in this landscaping company yep. and uh, one of them I, I've known I met him in college and uh, he came to me and he said I want to talk to you a little bit you ever thought about being a real estate appraiser and I had a cousin who had an incredibly successful real estate business in um, Hudson County okay and it always piqued my interest. You know, I, yeah. he talked about it a lot. I was interested in real estate. Random question. Yeah. Though. You know, I mean, like, mm -hmm. where did that come from? Was it because he was following you? Like, were you hearing stories? Definitely hearing stories really? growing up. I, you know, okay. we didn't really have sit downs about it. Yeah. But I knew I saw his success. I saw what success brought him. Um, and I was just, it just piqued my interest. Yeah. So yeah. the, the door opened to, to, to become a prop, real estate property appraiser. Okay. So I yep. went to Middlesex yep. County. There was a couple of classes we took there. And uh, Rutgers had a couple of uh, real estate classes that are part of the real estate appraisal designation. Yep. So I, I got it certified to do appraisals, started working for a company in Oldbridge doing appraisals about week three into it. I was like, this is awful. Really? This is awful. It was just like well, the last, well, yeah. You hop in the yeah. car and they're like, here's your assignments for today. You're going to be in Cape May. You're going to be in Jersey City. You're oh. going to be out in Trent. And I'm like, this ain't this happening. This is not happening. No. You know, like I'm going to do a, a 300 miles in a yeah, day. May, know, every day. You yeah. Know? No, no, thank you. And then bear the expense. Nothing was digital camera wise back then. So we had to print our own photos and oh all that God. stuff. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. But no, I no, stuck it out to the point where I had a great uh, appraisal uh, course professor that said, get your real estate license too. Yeah. Because in, back then, this is pre-multiple yeah. listing system, right? There was no multiple listing system as realtors know it today. It was on little index cards. So if you had to pull comps to do an appraisal, you had to walk into the local real estate office. Hmm. So it was good to have that. So I got my real estate license. Soon after I realized I don't, I don't want to do appraisals anymore. And I went and sold real estate right in Hazlitt. 
um, working for a company. And I was okay. You know, mm-hmm. it was, mm-hmm. again, didn't mm-hmm. resonate with me. Yep. And at that time, I was turning my mortgage business, referring it out to uh, the real estate company, had a, 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 mortgage, a mortgage company they also and owned. Yep. Yep. And yep. the sales manager there was somebody I was friends with from the day I started real estate. And this went on for two and a half years or so. Yep. And I said, you know what? Um, I'm going to just see where this goes for a little bit. And I wasn't comfortable in it. So the person I was giving the, the mortgage referrals to said to me, you know, I sit down with your clients. You're qualifying them. Back in the day, realtors actually qualified. You, you kind of had to, right? right. Yeah, it yeah, was yeah, not yeah. like it is yeah. today, right? Yeah, yeah. And I'm glad, and it shouldn't have been. And it, by the way, that's yeah. the death of the service model. Oh, for I sure. I would say 100% for sure. is that people are just outsourcing everything. Everything, yeah, right. Totally and, you know, granted, they should do what they do best. So he's like, I'm, you're giving me all these people. All I do is take a mortgage application, and it's already done. It, it's a done deal because you've done the qualifying. Mm-hmm. Why don't you come next door and work for me? Come in the mortgage side. I think you're doing yourself a disservice. And that resonated with me. Got it. You know, I like the numbers. This is the finance side of what yeah. I want to be in. Yeah. So that was um, uh, March of 1997. Okay. Or, no, I'm sorry, March of 1993. Okay. Um, within a year or so, he was the sales manager of the overall team. We had a great team of loan officers working there. And within a year or so, I was we split that team in half and I was one of the sales managers and he was the other sales manager and the corporate structure became, he was the vice president. I became the assistant vice president. Of the and company. as a sales manager and then ultimately the assistant vice president of the mm-hmm. company, you're still underwriting mortgages. Well, I'm correct. We're, we're are originating. You over, are you we're just doing all oh, the originations okay, okay, okay. and yep. I was doing yep. company wide training for all the new loan officers. Got it. Uh, Got so it. we had okay. two teams yep. and we're producing managers too. Yeah, so we're right, writing our own right. business. Yeah, of right? course. Of course. Which by the way is the best type of manager. Right? Oh yeah. You know, yeah, all Yeah, Yeah, exactly. All you sales managers out there, right, especially in the insurance business, keep your pulse on what we do. Do not forget that, right? Many people forgot that a long time ago. The proof is in the pudding of what the production looks like. For for sure. Yeah. So that goes on for a little while. Something happened in a corporate shakeup structure of the company that I went to work for getting uh, bought out, potentially, Mm. where couple people got some golden parachutes in this and they got cut off in me. Wow. And the, okay. my, the person yeah. who brought me into the business, who's yeah. the vice president now, who was a close, close friend, said, I just want to let you know and, and came clean with me that you're cut out of this deal. And I said, OK, uh, you know, I guess I'll have to f- figure out what to do next. And in that short period of time where this was transitioning, and that never happened, by the way, yeah. we decided through some other events that happened, we're going to go out and open our own brokerage firm. Smart. And we were approached by a third partner who had licensing in place already. Yep. He had that mortgage banker's license. So, and we had known him for years. He had been a wholesale mortgage lender, yep. meaning he was calling on us. We were giving him business uh, as, uh, you know, the, the bank, right? So we, we came together, and in 1997, we opened up. Um, we stayed there, did great through all those 03, 04, 05 years, 06. Oh yeah, and now yeah. here comes what we all dealt with, yep. 06 and yep. 07 yep. and 08. The market tanked. Even before we get to that, though, yeah. let's talk about, you know, when you started up your practice, mm-hmm. right, how much startup capital do you recall? Did you? I know have? exactly. I can tell you tell exactly. I love what it. it was. Yeah, let's hear it. Let's hear it. Come on. Come on. And yeah, a lot yeah. of people aren't going to believe this, but so this is 1997. It was actually yep. July we opened. Right. July in 1997. It was a ten thousand dollar investment from each of us. It was thirty thousand dollars startup capital. What? Yeah, that was it. And back then, to get licenses, is that right? Yeah, and it's it's not too much different today from a licensing perspective. Yeah. To be a mortgage broker in 1997, you had to have a fifty thousand dollar net worth, and the net worth could be equity in your property. Oh sure, of and course. And they didn't ask for yeah, proof. Yeah, they didn't ask for yeah, proof. Ask so for you proof. just do anybody. anybody so yeah, here yeah. here's what we have. So yeah, it's thirty thousand yeah. dollars worth of startup costs. <laughs> we rented yeah. our first Love. office space on Route 79 in Morganville, mm-hmm. and yep. uh, I think it was eight hundred dollars a month. And we got used furniture from a local furniture sure, people, and we went yeah. to work. Sure. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, we didn't recruit any of the people from where we came from. That was not what we were going to do. But yet, a number of people said, we won't stay here if you guys aren't here. They came on board. We hit the ground running. Yeah. And look, I was scared. Yeah. I was walking away from a good income. That's a hunt. I get to that. say, I get that. I don't know what this is going to look like. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, folks, real quick. We are infinityx.com. We are infinityx YouTube for the replay. If you do have a question for Frank about any and all things 
interest rate, mortgage, or real estate related, put it into the chat. Parker will bring it over to my attention. Uh, but guys, you are hearing the foundational pieces of the megapreneur, right? Somebody who is walking away from a hell of an income, right? A predictable income to launch his own business, $30,000, right? Back then, again, not huge, but it didn't grow on trees, right? But going into the great... The, the, the emergence of one of the greatest real estate runs in the history of man, followed by one of the biggest collapses yeah. in the history of man. And you had, I mean, you had front row tickets, my brother. I, I, I mean. lived it. And if you want to talk about <laughs> yeah. it, we're going to talk so about the ugliness. Let's, right? let's get deep. Let's get deep. So, 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 you're, so you're we open. We hit the ground running yeah. in 1997, and it's a great run. You know, uh, blessed with being able to buy investment properties um, was blessed and lucky enough to get in on the Asbury market is from an investment pr oh, perspective yeah, yeah, yeah. in 2000 yeah. and 2001 and 1999, right? And for those of you who've been around real estate in the area, you remember what happened with the House of Cards incident yep. with the Asbury Park Press broke what was going on in the Asbury Park real estate market and it tanked. And we saw the potential in Asbury. Look, you couldn't drive down Asbury Park in that collapse and look at these beautiful tree-lined wide streets and say, and Cookman, even though what it was back in the late 90s, and say this town isn't going to come back. Oh, absolutely. Just like 100%. Red Bank here. Yeah, absolutely. Same thing, yep, right? Yeah, So we, we got into that market and bought like at rock-bottom prices and sold ridiculously high. And that all went on. And the mortgage business kept rolling. We kept thriving. 20 loan officers, you know, mega production ever. Every month. Um, the one good story I want to tell you about when I left the company I was working for uh, that I started with, yep. they actually had a, a number of real estate offices that we were getting a lot of referral business from. And I also, uh, the reason what scared me was uh, that, that particular individual I was working for told his realtor base, do not send them any referrals. Wow. So I lost, I lost wow, 25 wow, realtor wow. partnerships. On top of on going top. to open my own business, Unbelievable. right? Unbelievable. So Unbelievable. all that Wait, happened. wait, wait. So they cut you out of the deal and also, well, theoretically, you right? Know? And then also said, oh, by the way, don't send them any Yeah, Frank friends. and his partner went Man. to open yeah. their own thing yep. and don't send them any business because I'm not happy with what they did. Got okay, it. whatever. Okay. So we move on, right. reinvent yeah. kind of how we do things. And then we roll from 97 through 2000, 2005. And I want to say 2005 into six. I believe we as an industry mm. felt what was coming in 07 and 08 yeah. before everybody else did, you know, so. What were some of the indicators? Some of the indicators were, well, if you remember in the, uh, the newspaper at the time, and I don't even think Asbury Park Press, for example, was the paper around here, yeah. wasn't digital, but they had the implodometer. It might have been digital where you were seeing mortgage investors oh, go yeah. out of business. Yep. Quite honestly. Yep. We saw it in the change of guidelines, and this is me talking. I, you know, people might disagree with me that are in the industry around subprime. Around subprime, yes, that's part absolutely. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But part yeah, yeah. two is even what Fannie and Freddie were doing. Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, you have a pulse, you're getting a loan. You know, I need a pay stub from you. I don't need W twos. I don't need. Yeah, you know, I just need a pay stub and a bank statement. You know, they were so loose on their guidelines that. Everybody was getting loans. And then you layer the subprime. Now, subprime lending. Yeah. No income, no SF verification, 500 credit scores on a 228 arm. So a two-year arm with ridiculous margins that at the end of two years, these people are nailed. Oh, my God. With no income verification. Of course. So every person that was self-employed said, well, things will get better. I'll take this mortgage uh, now. I'm going to just hope. run with it. Of right? course. Yeah, and we all, course. if you ever watched The Big Short, you yeah. know what happened yeah, yeah. and transpired. Yeah. And, and but yet we were given products to lend, right? Fannie and Fred has told us what the guidelines are. We follow the guidelines. Why would they be willing to take on that block knowing that this is what the outcome was? Nobody, look like? not everybody knew the sky was going to fall. How is that possible? Uh, it, well, you look back now and it's, <laughs> well, yeah. we have property appreciation. Things are going yeah. soaring. Yeah. That was a yeah. bubble, yeah. unlike what today is happening. We don't have a real estate bubble. We're going to go so yeah, deep into that, yeah, folks. You heard it here. Bubble. Chris Walsh said it here on the Infinity well, X good. stage a few weeks Chris back. Frank is saying the exact same thing. We are not experiencing a bubble. No. I share that enthusiasm. Mm -hmm. um, we're going to go deep on that. But Frank, can, please. So we go on in the subprime mortgage markets around. And, and honestly, even on the brokerage level, when we had our brokerage, it's about 25% of our business. Yeah. You know, so we were doing a lot of those because yeah. they were here to do, yeah. you know. Yeah. And um, 
you know, like to believe we were helping people with home ownership. And, and then now we start to see businesses go out of, but lenders go out of business. Yeah. Subprime starting to go away. Yeah. You know, if I tell realtors that started recently in, in you know, on the real estate side of things, we had price reductions, yep. not price increases, yep. right? Yep. We saw a property, you know, house listed for 300,000. Next week was 275, and yep. they couldn't, there's no market, yep. right? There's, yeah. there's Now there's no market. And rates were around where they're at right now. Uh, right? They might, I mean, we were just talking about that. I think they're probably kind of very similar and, yeah, yeah. Um, without looking back to a graph, maybe upper, maybe even a little bit lower. That, than we are right, right. now. Right. Yeah, but now yeah, yeah. we're starting yeah. to see the same triggers in the market. And what I'm talking, I'm talking economic triggers that we're kind of seeing now. Unemployment started to become real. Um, you know, inflation started to kick up. Yep. And that led to and then we have these way over inflated property values. And now we've got a slowing economy, people losing their jobs. It's foreclosures and short sales and nobody to buy them. And then the whole banking industry goes boom yep. and bust. Yeah. So now long-term capital and yeah. every right. Mm -hmm. And oh yep. seven oh eight. Yep. Now comes along the bailout of the banks. Yep. And in that bailout, and I try, I try not to hold some resentment for what happened. Hey, listen. But the reality is, when at that point in time, yep. mortgage brokers accounted for 75% of the mortgage originations in the country and the banks accounted for 25% and they wanted it all. So they get bailed out and the government points the finger at the broker at the saying, we're brokers. the reason why this happened. Yeah. When in reality, we sold the products that the banks that were originating and Fannie and Freddie yes. quasi government agencies setting guidelines gave us to sell. Now we wake up in 08. The and, Pirates of Manhattan. Man. Right, you right. Know? You know, everybody. Barry got a Dyke. Golden, gold, golden parachute, yeah. right? Read the book by Barry Dyke, Pirates S of Manhattan. Yeah. So now I, I wake up in 08. Now what are we going to do? Now, literally, I was personally, I had two partners in, in the brokerage, and I was the number one producing loan officer as well as an equal partner in the business. Yep. And I found myself still bringing in cash flow and having to take every nickel I make. And pouring it back in the business. Now you're sure. talking about pouring money back in the business. Sure. Because we don't want to let anybody go. I've got staff. And I had went through a bad divorce at the same time. Timing of that was awful. It usually you is. You know, yeah. 03, 04, 05 were the years that they determined alimony and child support for me. And I find myself like, I have no, like, I'm not taking any what income. Am I, what am I going to do here? Right, yeah. right. Yeah. So yeah. I wake up and I'm like, there's got to be something beyond this. Where, where is this mortgage origination industry going? And I decided to cross over to mortgage banking, get out of the brokerage world because it was falling apart. Yeah. And brokers have crept back in yep. now, and yep. that, that's absolutely fine. Yep. Yep. Um, but it's really about you know, mortgage being a mortgage lender you know, or a bank. So I crossed over to a, a friend of mine that I actually brought into the business. He worked at me in the broker world, came on board with me and said, uh, you know, with the knowledge that he was going to open up an operation for his uncle, who was a California based lender. Okay. And I was like, cool. Yeah. Come work for me. And we became friends and I left, I left that brokerage operation with $38 in my pocket in 2008. Wow. You remember the exact dollar. Uh, I remember the exact amount. Because my wife now, I was like, I just left. I just walked out yeah. on 38 with $38 in my, my bank account because I knew it wouldn't last. And my partners were like, well, no, maybe we can do this now for you. And I'm like, it's too late. Ship sailed. Yeah. I got to move on. Yeah. And I moved on. And, and what I did was I had to reinvent myself. <laughs> I completely reinvented yeah. myself. I went home. This is so good. Sat at yes, home for love five it. years yep. and said, I don't want to manage people. I was so disgruntled, you know, I was yep. so upset. I needed to work on me. You know, I realized now I, call, I consider myself a servant salesperson. Mm. I'm in it to make People. people's lives better. Yes. There's a financial reward that you, it, it, it's a spiritual principle. A you can't like shut that. it off, Absolutely, right? Absolutely, 100%. I didn't have that nor attitude. Nor, nor should we frown upon that or yeah. feel ashamed of it. Yeah. Right. It's one of the most noble professions that you can do. You should get paid for yeah. introducing everybody should people. get Absolutely. right. Absolutely. 100%. And I needed to work on me. Yep. You know, I needed to change. And I, I swore in 2008 when I walked out, I'd never open another company. Yeah. I'm just going to do my own thing, produce on my own and have no headaches. 
And I sat home for five years and my wife was selling real estate at the time. And I, over those five years of just changing me, you know, Frank needed to change Frank. Yeah. And working on the inside to just really come to terms also with what went down, right? Yeah. You know, because yeah. I was yeah. bitter and I was yeah. angry. Yeah. And yeah. So. If I may. Sure. When you were doing the times of self-reflection. Yeah. Who were some people that you modeled after? So I'll be honest with you. And, and you know, your partner, Rob, knows this well. Yeah. Um, I, I passed through a church in Tom's River. So you pastor a church I'm an associate pastor of a church wow, in Tom's River. That's so, incredible. you know, that's my faith was always real to me. Sure. But my faith, Had, I left it a long time ago. Oh, boy. But yeah. You know, yeah. God was still in the picture. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. And I just poured myself back into that. What my foundation was. And, you know, I, I watched some of I, I watched, you know, some of my minister friends and yeah. how they led their lives, by example, and really imploring the golden rule. Sure. You know, yeah. and that's really what I went to. And look, every, you know, um, every person you can learn from is awesome. Right. Any knowledge you can get is awesome. But that's really I, I actually modeled my business after those principles. You know, and did that internal change and realized I'm not in it for the money. I'm in it for the people. And I need to change what I'm doing because it's, it's about helping someone else. You can tell yourself the story that yeah. it's about the money, but if it's not, it's, if that's not in your DNA. It's yeah. DNA. And, and, and it, but yeah. the offshoot of yeah. helping people is getting paid, is getting paid. Right. Sure. Yeah. And it growing exponentially because clients know that, you know, they, they know they feel it. They know it in the way you talk. They know in the way you pick up their phone calls. They know it in the way you treat them, right? Yep. So five years goes by, and now I'm starting to get on the inside. It's time to do something, you know? And this was the beginning of late 2013. And my, my now partner had called me up and said, look, he, and he knows his gig is not running an office. It's yeah. not what he does best. Yeah. Not his highest and best use. So he called me up and he said, uh, I need you to, can you come in? Would you consider running the office? Hmm. And I was like, and I was already now I'm getting that, that itch again to go back into managing an office, yep. running people, doing my production. And that was 2014, you know, so going on eight years ago. And that reinvention just kept rolling and rolling. And, you know, what was different? When you me. got back, but tell me more, tell me sure. more. Right. So, so sure. you were a different human yeah. going back into yeah. it. But when, when you got back into that environment, yeah. knowing now that you had put in the work, yeah. what was different day in day It made out? me a better manager. Mm. You know, it made me a better manager from a perspective of, I always saw people that worked for me through my eyes, how I expected <laughs> them to be. Yes. Not the way, not Absolutely. take them as they were. You didn't meet them where they were. try to make them better. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. so I, totally get that. I got much more patient with people. Mm. Um, you know, of course, we all lose our, you know, our cool a little bit sometimes when yep. something happens repeatedly. Yep. But I really got a more of a, of a, a respect for people, realize they're individuals. What well, works for me, even though I know it works for me, doesn't work might for everybody. Not is. necessarily work for them. Yep. Take them with their strengths and you help know, them with their weaknesses. Shout out to Joe Lord, my my partner, because for some reason I haven't been able to really necessarily get it through my brain yet that he can't read what's actually going on inside <laughs> of my head. Joe, I, I'm still working on that with you, but no. <laughs> um, shout out to Joe. He works his butt off every day for me. But yeah, you can't you can't put people in between these two ears you no, just can't do it no. and you can't expect them to nope. do it either i totally get that and i used to look totally at people do. like well yeah. i don't understand why they don't do it this way right well right. they don't do it this way because that way doesn't work for them yeah or it's just not who they are yeah. you know so that helped me i think from a better management perspective uh being more patient and really i took the time to know more of the backside of management in the mortgage industry, where before I was more on the origination side. Mm. You know, when I had the brokerage, I was the sales manager, meaning true sales manager. I yep. was out there helping them structure loans yep. And, yep. And, and how can we make this work? Where now, over those five years, I got a more of a better understanding of back office side. You know, what our processing staff does. Um, you know, I, I like to say. Which I would argue probably made you so much better of a manager. Oh, a thousand, a thousand percent. percent. Because like, no. I mean, you can't be like, that's one of the challenges with salespeople yeah. is that salespeople so many times don't understand what's happening operationally. Yeah. Right. They don't have they don't they don't understand communication between 
branch office and home office. Mm -hmm. They don't understand all of those things. They just expect it to get accomplished. Now, listen, I'm a sales guy, so I'm one of those people Mm -hmm. that is a big pain in the butt when it comes to that. But what I have recognized, and I I cannot shout out the operational piece of any sales business enough. It is so unbelievably important as a partner to sales, right? And what I looked at was I have to be able to perform, maybe not at the level of a support staff person that's for me, but I have to have a basic understanding of what they all do and also the alliances and strategic alliances I have in place. I got to understand a little bit about the title side of things that the title companies I work with do. I got to know what my appraiser does and thank God I had a background in that. You know, I got to know a little bit about real estate law. I don't give people real estate advice, but I got to know when I get an attorney review letter on a um, new purchase for a client, a little bit about what that attorney's talking about, you know? I got to know about, so I really endeavored to go deeper into the whole, really the overview of the mortgage industry, not just the origination side. You know, I had the origination side down, but I needed to know a little bit all of it, which now helps me understand what all my support staff go through and really has made me a better manager. Folks, we are Infinity X with a stage and microphone with human excellence. This is Frank Moretti. And guys, we have just heard the evolution of the and and the evolution of the entrepreneur. Right. Um, The evolution of and not, you know, listen, an employee and entrepreneur at the exact same time. Mm -hmm. I would argue that you can be both. Right. I think that in order to bring really, really high quality managerial technique to any branch office, Mm -hmm. you have to be an entrepreneur, right? You have to have a semblance of, you know, outside of the box thinking, in addition to thought inside of the corporate box. Mm -hmm. I mean, right, obviously you're gonna have to play with that a little bit. It's yours. That branch is yours. Correct. You know, yes, there's a corporate office involved, but that branch is yours. Replay on WeAreInfinityX.com. We are InfinityX YouTube. And if you have a question for Frank, now is going to be the time to put it into the chat. Parker will bring it up and let us know what is on your mind out there. So, Frank, we are now in a very, very, very interesting time. Yep, for sure. And a time I thought we would never see, you know. Yeah. Um, I actually said this to a a real estate agent the other day. I miss counteroffers. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. I, they don't have, yeah, 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 right? they're, 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 they're not existent, yeah. right? It's just bid war, bid war, bid war, yeah, bid war, you know, bid hey, war, house gets you know? listed on Friday, give me your highest and best by Monday, and 100%. we'll hope you get the house, right? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's still challenging. Um, and the biggest question I'm getting right now from all my clients, and the biggest concern I'm getting from them all is interest rates, right? What in the world is going on? with interest rates. What, Frank? And I'm gonna, what in the world, world is, is going, going on with interest rates? So Everybody he, wants to know this. Here's the long and the short of it. Yeah. It's all inflation driven, right? Yeah. Uh, inflation, as inflation creeps in, interest rates rise. Yeah. Now, yeah. for those that follow the markets, they're well aware. For the, the average person who doesn't have their eye on the markets and just see interest rates going up, here's what's been going on. You know, so when we, we when we flash back to like January of, of this year yeah. to today, rates are about three percent higher. Incredibly, that's a lot. I know that's the fastest I know. That's uptick I've seen. For, I, I can I remember. Think, I think in forty five, forty years something years. Yeah, it's yeah, over yeah, forty yeah, for it's, sure. It's insane. So it's insane. Here's here's the numbers we're hearing: inflation's at eight point six percent. Bull crap. It's not eight point six percent. Yeah, right. You know, the government yeah. can say the Federal Reserve can say it's eight point six. Listen to what he is sharing right now. This you must understand what he is sharing. Because what they'll say is this: they, they they talk about the core rate of inflation, which strips out food and energy. Food and energy. Yeah. But in this market, how can you strip out f- fuel when it's Double. Thank you. you it can't. is impossible. You can't. And it's what drives the food to, to our us, grocery right? stores. Right? Everything gets shipped. 100%. Train, truck, yeah. boat. So it can't be 8.6%. So, yeah, how, how are you going to strip? Right? I know. It's such so, false advertising. Whatever. It's such a load of crap. So we're dealing with <laughs> eight, wink, wink, 8.6% inflation, right? Yeah. And now we got the Federal Reserve that is way behind the ball of what they should have done. Everybody right? says that, yeah. So, so they, they take... Last this month, they they hiked the federal funds rate of 0.75 percent on the heels of a 50 basis point and a 25 basis point. 
their ideal situation. And the reality is this is something they should have been doing prior to when they started doing it. Yeah. But a couple things we need to remember. The Federal Reserve is, is a politically based organization. Exactly. So there's two things they don't exactly. want to do, although they yes. were forced to. They had to raise the Fed funds rate. Right. Now, remember, this is a midterm election year. Yep. And we know what party's sitting in office. Mm -hmm. They don't want to hike rates, but they have to. Right. They don't want to talk about that ugly curse word that starts with an R. Right. Recession. Right. But the reality is they have to they ha they're going to have to start and they're still denying a 50 50 chance of a recession. Well, to be a recession, you need three quarters of negative GDP. Mm -hmm. The problem with that is they won't look to the number as it comes out. They'll look at the revised number after it comes out. So there's lag time yep. that that takes. Absolutely. But when you look at indicators of recession, we're already starting to see unemployment creep up a little bit. Yep, we sure are. The other side of the coin, we too, are. is. Um, when you look at treasury bills, you look at the 10-year treasury and you look at the two-year treasury, mm -hmm. the yields on both of those are close, close to each to, other uh, yeah. and two times in the last few months have inverted. Flipped, yeah, inverted. Absolutely. That's the problem. That's, I know. That's the recession triggers. Yep. But they don't want to say recession. And anybody who says that it is not a political... I was just, I'm so glad that you said that because it anybody is. who says that it is not a politically yeah. motivated market or a politically motivated Federal Reserve is kidding themselves. It's just the they way They did it is. not want to see... Uh, they, they did not, in my opinion... Did not want to raise rates because they didn't want to trigger a market sell-off. And they, and they don't want to say that word, right. we need to get inflation under control. 100%. Right? 100%. So, God, that's so right. They didn't look forward yeah. far enough, right? They, they didn't have the, the foresight bad to see bad policy, right? Bad policy. So now we've got, we'll use their number, an 8.6% inflation rate. They hike 0.75 in the last meeting. They're planning on at least 1.75 over the next four with a goal to get to a neutral rate. Fed funds rate equal to um, inflation. Mm, God. If it's above it or below it, yeah. that's fine. But yeah. Yeah. the reality is we're far off. Yeah. You know, if we're our Fed funds rate today was 1.58%. We're at 8.6 in inflation. How's that? We're, we're far how, how off. How the hell are we going to get there? Well, the hope, and here's the hope, and we don't know what the hope is, but their hope is that as rates rise, Fed funds rate, yep. as they continue, inflation will quell. Because now you increase prices on products, demand goes down, which means prices drop. Will that happen? Not unless they get energy under control. That's, that's it's, you the know, problem. That's the biggest problem. It's going you know, like, to drive everything we eat, wear. No matter what. And until they get, you know, right. and, and, uh, and we have a green legislation, you know, we have the green legislation in, in offense currently. You know, whether you're on that side or you're not on that side, that is what it is. Well, we went right? from energy independent to energy dependent. Yeah, totally the, energy dependent. And yeah, there, I know. You can't and, debate that. I know. I know. And everything is driven right? off of oil yeah. as well. Yep. It's so true. It's, yep. Oh, boy. Um, God, folks, we are Infinity X. This is Frank Moretti. And we are just we, we are going deep down the rabbit hole of what's happening with interest rates right now. And so, you know. With interest rate maneuvers, right, with that ugly R word of recession, Frank, um, I think everybody, not everybody, a lot of people yeah. are referring to this time mm -hmm. and comparing it to 2008. Mm -hmm. That is a bad analogy. For sure. Tell everybody why. Sure. And there's a lot of reasons why. Yeah. Um, yes, we're dealing with inflation, but we've also been dealing with dramatically increased salaries, too. So there's people making a lot more money than they were making in 07 and 08. So there's people that can survive, you know, this type of inflation. Yep. Nobody wants to. Right. Nobody wants to pay $5 for gas, but they can. They can manage to and afford to do that. Yep. That's part one. Number two is we have a market, real estate market, where prices are increasing and have been increasing. I think the statistic for Monmouth and Ocean and Middlesex counties uh, last year was 22.6% in appreciation, yep. right? Yep. But that was yep. built based on a free market, meaning it was driven by supply and demand, demand. Sure. right? Yeah. So yeah. where before in 08, it was driven by artificial 
appraisals and bad mortgage products. Yep. Bad mortgage products are gone. It's like the dot-com era, right? You know what I mean? It was the exact same thing. You had dot-coms that had no intrinsic value whatsoever, no earnings, but people were so highly speculative back at that point that they were buying, you know, they were buying sheer lack of fundamentals. So it was the exact same thing. Sheer lack of fundamentals. That's a great way to put it. And now what Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac did do since 2008, they've been tracking every appraisal that's been logged in on every loan that they've guaranteed. So now they have this bulk of trends um, of appraised values, you know, that they can monitor. So that's in place. Appraisers are under guidelines that keep them, you know, really moving in the right direction. And guess what? Demand is still here. And what is... What is maintaining? Because I've heard I, I've heard numerous different mm-hmm. opinions around this, but what is your opinion about what's really maintaining that level of increased or sustained demand? So, the increase of capital, as far as people making more money today, mm-hmm. yep. And is it really increased demand or is it lack of inventory? You know, if mm-hmm. there was more inventory, our demand and supply would be a little bit more imbalanced, True. right? Yeah. So we're not. Yep. So we really don't know what that is. Yep. And I think even the bigger speculation is why is our inventory so low? You know, and peep, I have my own theories. Is that work from home, COVID? That's sort work of thing, from home, COVID, and I think we made a lot of people comfortable in two and a half percent mortgages that don't want to leave, and pay Amen six. To that. Absolutely. Although Absolutely. you're 100 percent right about that. One of the things I did want to mention with regard to interest rates. And we're slightly under 6% on 30-year money. And just so you guys know, I'm a 30-year money guy. Yeah. Do not take a shorter say term. Say it loud. Say it <laughs> proud. Let's go on to that Don't in a minute. Take I, I, every, a shorter thank term you, mortgage. Thank you. Okay. Take well, your tax benefits from your 30-year. Take the, If you wanted a 15, take the money that you would have paid towards your principal and interest and make that money make money. Exactly. It's that simple, exactly. right? Yep. Yep. So, Not to mention more tax is going to be 22 years from now. Right. Right. You right. might need the deduction. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look good, at debt to GDP right now, Good folks. chance, you know, right? Exactly. You're going to need the deduction. Right. So, but there's a, there's a cost to waiting, you know? So even 3% to 6%, and let's use the issue, let's let's say a $500,000 home with a $400,000 mortgage. Yep. And I'm going to get rough numbers here, but a $400,000 mortgage at 3% versus 6%, you're paying about $700 more a month for that mortgage payment, which is $8,400 a year. But if I told you would you rather save eighty four hundred, or even have eighty four hundred dollars extra to spend, mm-hmm. or would you rather have thirty thousand dollars? Well, that's a no brainer. I'd rather have thirty thousand dollars. Sure, of course. Well, we're not going to see probably twenty two point six percent appreciation the next twelve months. Indications or economic predictions are somewhere around five point seven percent. I think it's still going to be double digits, but that's me because in our area anyway, because that's mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. I kind of have my finger on the pulse a yep. little bit. Yep. But let's say yep. it's even six percent. That house that you bought for 500, could have bought today for 500,000 at 6%. Next year, if rates do come down and you wait for that, yeah, you've saved $8,400, but now you're gonna pay $530,000 for that house yep. and you lost out on $30,000 worth of equity, equity. that's real. Yep, absolutely. So there's a cost. Yep. To waiting, absolutely, and people don't realize that. And now, if you take the that lost opportunity cost on that thirty thousand dollars that you could have had, exactly, you know. Yeah, you know? Totally and now, if you yeah. take that out two years, now you take six percent on top of that five hundred and thirty thousand. Now you're talking about paying. What does that work out to be? Like five hundred and sixty or fifty something thousand for that same house, right. you know. Right. And the reality yep. is, mark rates will go up, but it's a roller coaster. They're going to come back down at some point, sure they are. giving you an opportunity to refinance yep. with more equity to get a better rate environment. So, yes, you may be pushed out of your qualifying a little bit because interest rates are higher. Yep. But that's where we come in, you know, to creatively structure your, your, your mortgage uh, needs from more of an organic approach. Look, is there some leaks that we can plug? to get you more mortgage dollars and make your payment more affordable. Hey, I've got 25% to put down. Well, maybe you don't wanna put 25% down. Maybe you wanna put 20 or even less. And maybe we wanna take and attack some of that revolving credit card debt that's just awful. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It, yep. it, it, it's an yep. overall structure. Yep. And mo- I'll be honest with you, most home buyers do not understand, specifically not just first time home buyers, almost, Every a yeah, lot of yeah, them yeah. don't understand the tax benefits of ownership. Yep. 
you know, what that can save from cash flow, yep. which is real, yep. whether it's, you know, change in your withholdings or whether it's year end taxes in April. Yep. You know, that's a real cash flow savings that makes them or gives them the ability to for, afford a little more house that they didn't even realize they could. Folks, this is Infinity X stage and microphone with human excellence. I'm joined this evening by Frank Minetti. And, am I saying that Minetti. correct? Minetti. Minetti. Jeez, I, was, I think I called you Moretti That's before. Right. I, I, like an idiot. I'm sorry about that, Frank. But Frank Minetti, who is just absolutely laying it down, all things interest rates, things that you can, you know, talking about real estate markets, and everybody has been speculating that the real estate market is going to retract. Frank is counterpunching to that, and he's counterpunching pretty hard around that. I have the tendency to agree with him. I think that might, maybe it'll remain levelized. Yeah, we're not going to see those crazy, yeah. you know, 22.6%, but yep. that's okay. We weren't supposed to anyway. Yep. You know? When, when somebody is approaching purchasing a home, you know, a lot of the times in the financial planning space, yeah. Frank, what we'll see is we'll, pe we'll see people, um, Manage your life in silos. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, you know, okay, my accountant does my taxes. Yep. My attorney does my legal affairs. Yep. My financial advisor does a multitude of different things, mm -hmm. whether it, they, you know, say, it, whether they're giving investment advice mm -hmm. or insurance advice or whatever it is. And um, when you're, when, when you're seeing home buyers, yep. right, are they looping you into their financial planners? Most of or, them do it all backwards. Tell me more. They approach their real estate purchase completely backwards. They reach out to their realtor first. Hmm. And realtors are awesome. I'm not, they should, there's got to be a, a strategic alliance with yep. a realtor that knows what they're doing in this marketplace yep. that it can fight that bidding war and get their offer accepted. Yep. Right. That's super important. But um, it, I'm glad you mentioned that because I have actually a video coming out on my social media about what's the steps. Oh, shout out to his social media, folks. Where can we find your social media so we're, right now? We're in the middle of revamping everything, okay. but it's yep. uh, frank.manetti at Advisors Mortgage on Instagram. Got it. Um, but we're keep, keep an eye out for the launch. You know, uh, just do me hit me up in the search, Frank Minetti, and you'll find me there. The new launch of the social media has come out in the next couple of weeks. Love it. Love and, uh, it. Yeah, shout yeah, out to yeah, the guys to here because they're Drew doing right it. there. Yeah, right. Danny and Parker. What's up, Danny boys? Danny and Parker doing it. Yep, so, doing their thing. But one of the videos we talked about is what steps and what order should I take the steps in when I'm buying a home? Don't call me. Don't call the realtor. Reach out to your financial professional. Yes. You want to talk to them about what you should be doing, what cash you have to spend, what, how you're going to set up this purchase even later on. Yeah. Whether it, and, and your, you know, your attorney too. Is it going to be a life estate? Is it going to be something along those lines? You know, talk to them first. 100%. Then come to 100%. me. Come to me. Yep. And then we're going to plug that plan in mm -hmm. with your mortgage plan. Make those work together. And as soon as I'm done with my thing, you know, obviously have maybe a, a realtor partner that you want to work with. Yep. And obviously, if you guys don't have one, I'd be happy to, to get you to, to the network of people that I know are doing what they need to do in this market to make deals happen. But, you know, then we fit the plans all together. But reach out to the financial person first. Yeah. You know, yeah. you, totally, you got to know where you're going you know, here. And, and by the way, folks, don't derail your financial planner. Yeah. Right. You know, don't let them find out after the fact that you decided to list your house, sell your yep. house, move to a different one, change your cash flow. That takes everything and completely yep. throws it out of whack. I have a question for you, Frank, mm -hmm. specific to the financial planning space, sure. actually, for a moment. And it's shifting gears here. So one of our mainstay strategies mm -hmm. for our clients is helping them to operate almost like they're banking on, you know, you know, building out their own bank. Yeah. Yeah. If you yeah will, make you know? yep, for sure. And, 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 yep. and using cash value life insurance right, yep. as a leverage yep. tool. It's a turbocharger yep. from the mortgage side. Mm -hmm. I've always been curious about this. When you see a client that is looking to make a purchase of a piece of property yep. and they are heavily, they're, they're heavily allocated with their cash. Mm -hmm in cash value life insurance mm -hmm. is it favorably or in favorably tell me why Fav well it, it's it's cash yeah it's it's no different well it's a lot different than a bank account sure but it's any cash that can be liquidated yep. is good cash in the mortgage side right but now it's cash that's growing mm. you know so it's an investment vehicle it's not just cash. what do you get you're not keeping your money in the bank right right, right. so you got to make your money work for you right, right. and and compound Right. But the reality is cash value life insurance. Win win. Absolute win win for the real estate space. Yep. For sure. And it's 
100% yep. favorable. And, and I'll be honest with you guys. The majority of my clients that I run across, both seasoned, when I say seasoned, what I believe to be based on like their job history and what they do for a living, yep. should be financially savvy, are not. No. They yeah. don't they, yeah. they don't even- I hate to say it, but you're right. I, people in their yeah. 50s struggling, yeah. oh, we don't have life insurance. Well, we don't have a will. <laughs> I, I, they know? don't have a will, they don't have life insurance. And yeah. by the way, they're having these epiphanies now yeah. where I don't wanna work for the company that I'm with right. for the rest of my life. Right. You know, and right. they're starting to feel out their entrepreneurial oats. Right, you know, and we and, saw that through COVID. How yeah. many startup new businesses where people walked out of a corporate environment yep. or a salary position working for somebody else to start their own business. Yep. And that's cool. You, know, you start it later in life, that's awesome. It's never too late, right? It's But now it's, what do we got to do to make sure that we have sustainability into our retirement years? You know, folks, we are Infinity X stage and microphone. Frank Minetti. If you have a question for Frank, please put it into the chat. We will get to it. Replay. We are Infinity We are Infinity X YouTube. So, Frank, now that we're knee deep into the recession, essentially, yeah. I don't care what anybody says. Yep. Right? But um, as we go forward. Yeah. Right. And we as we navigate. What's next for you? Like, what do you like? What does the next five years look like for Frank Minetti? You I'm know? still, I, you know, I'm still in this space. You yeah. know, I'm still plugging away. Yeah. It, it, you know, it's it's hard to walk over. I'll be honest with you. T talking a little bit about my history. Yep. It's it's at the early stages of my career, even maybe in through that 2008 collapse. I didn't love the business. It's just what I did. Yep. Now I actually have a love for the business and the love came out of me changing me. You know, the love for the business came out of me changing me, not. So now I love what I do love because I have a different approach. Right. So no, you no longer work. I'm helping people yeah, every day, exactly. right? Yep. Yep. Whether it's my own people inside my own office, mm -hmm. you know, help them build business and, and grow some new relationships. You know, we have two new loan officers with no experience that came on board. Mm -hmm. And that was one of the things years ago, I swear I would never do again. Yep. But why not do it? Teach somebody what you did. You can't keep give it. them an opportunity yeah. to have what I, you know. You can't keep it unless you give it away, right? You can't yeah. give it away, yeah, and yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. you never know. Like I've always been a firm believer in training somebody to replace you. Sure, you know, and if you're if you're the smartest person in your group, get a new group. Right, <laughs> you're, you're in trouble. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. So yeah, that's right. That's right. I just I, I'm just excited for the the shift in the way the business is going. Yep. Um, I'm excited for the millennial market. You know, the millennial market is the biggest bulk of home buyers out there. You know, when we were filming my stuff, you know, with Parker and Dave, it was about um, I, I, the millennials are just awesome to work with. They like people like me in my 50s because mm -hmm. they, they value knowledge. Yep. You know, they just approach knowledge in a different way. They do. You know, right. and I, I agree with you. You know, and, and yeah. things have changed as far as the way businesses originated. You know, I, I can count on one time, one hand, I think in the last 12 months where I met with a client face to face. Nobody wants to meet face to face. And back in 1993, that's all we that's did. All we you, sit I, in I living know, rooms. I, I felt like Jerry Maguire. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I was a living room clothes guy. But so it's different. But I look forward to see the changes. You know, how did how did COVID in terms of because that was such a great access point. You know, yeah. we as a company, I'm sure you I mean, you're close with Rob. You know our story mm -hmm. to a degree, but uh, I'm or not even to a degree. You know our story. We went, folks. Infinity X was born from how to 19X your sales, mm -hmm. right? Well, we went way the hell beyond 19X, right? So, you know, our, our, our inflow of opportunity is absolutely drastic, right? We grew exponentially because we pivoted and weren't reliant upon the face-to-face -face client engagement. But more so than that, we weren't, you know, can, we, we weren't stuck with, out, you know, old school, mm -hmm. um, stale marketing strategy, right? We really kind of accelerated. You obviously did the exact same yeah. thing and yep. now you're even doing it More. further. Yep. Yeah. So what, what, what about your marketing efforts changed so much during this period, during the pandemic and what are you doing now? So what I realized really was look at using the millennial market as kind of, yep. you know, the, maybe the, the benchmark, right? The, if you don't have a presence, if you don't have a social media presence um, and you can't be found that way, they don't want to talk to you. Mm -hmm. You know, they go there first. They, yep. they do their homework. They do their research. And look, I've always dabbled in it. Mm -hmm. And then I, I woke up 
not, I'm going to say one day, and the one day was a little while ago. I, you know, I'm a little behind the curve of where I want it to be and said, you got to bring professional people into this space yep. to drive what you do. Yep. And I always like to look as professional as possible, right? I want what I'm doing as far as content, not only be look professional, but I want to provide content that's going to help people. You know, I was talking with Rob a couple minutes before we got started. I don't want to be that guy talking about how great I am in the mortgage space. I want to provide people with nuggets of truth that they can take and apply to whatever their needs are, not only just in the mortgage space. Because it always finds its way back always, to you every time. Always, yep. right? With always. other business opportunities, All the maybe time. even outside of mortgage. Open, yeah. open the door, yeah, yeah. you know? Yep. And I've always enjoyed, too, the other thing I've done over the years is um, I've always enjoyed, you know, flip, flipping properties. That's something I've, I, I like to do. My wife likes it as well. Kind of got out of the space uh, because of how competitive it got. Like, I was flipping properties when there wasn't a home show on HGTV. <laughs> you know, so nobody knew what was going yeah. on, right? Now everybody was like, oh, I watch HGTV. I can flip a property. And the yep. margins got thin. Yep. And so we kind of backed out of it and did a couple here and there. <laughs> but really. My wife loves yeah, so HGTV. Mine. And I notice that when I get home because something's changed, <laughs> <know>. right? <laughs> right. Um, so... <laughs> You know, I, I see it. I see it kind of evolving back yeah. into that. Yeah. But yeah, I'm in the mortgage space, yep. and I'm going to stay in the mortgage space, and because yep. I love it now. Yep. You know, it wasn't a job. Now it's what I enjoy doing. You ever so. think about writing a book? My wife has. Oh, really? Um, yeah, okay. she has. Um, I've considered it. You know, I've considered it. Wait, your wife has published. She is published. Tell Self-published. Me more. Okay, yeah, tell it, me it's more. her life. It's her life story of where she came from. Um, actually, Rob knows this a little bit. We had a chat about it one day. Um, it's really she was sexually abused as a ten-year-old. So, um, and nothing. I'm not telling any stories outside of school. And it was by a family friend. And she, you know, it's out there for everybody to read about and the the dark journey that took her down yeah. to where she is today. And now she runs a pretty big women's ministry. We have a ministry together on top of what we do at the church. Man. Um, she runs a woman's group and she's published and she, she, her whole ministry is about helping women that have been through mental, physical, sexual abuse, get past it and move on to awesome, productive lives. So you said, what's next? Well, one of the things we'd like to do is open up a facility for women and maybe eventually men as well that teach these women that were abused, that think they have no place in society, have no real work skills and job skills to get them trained, get them independent, get them, you know, as highly functioning as possible and get beyond. Don't let that incident define them. You know, so that's one of the things on our vision list of what we want to do going forward down the road. Not only yeah. does that have a book. Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously she that's, already yeah. published, but yep. not only does that have a, a, a more story to come. Mm -hmm. That's got a podcast. That's got a TV oh, yeah, show. For that's sure. got a, I mean, that yep. is just, I am yep. behind that. For sure. That's in awesome. Anyway, yep. Frank, it has been pleasure, such man. an unbelievable pleasure yeah. to spend time with Great. you today on the Infinity X stage, brother. I, um, I want you to put out to the group yeah. and to all the good folks who have shared um, our time yep. and your knowledge, how they can get in touch with sure. you folks. I just want, and, and let me just say this. If you're dealing in a, you know, in, 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 a, in a direct to consumer uh, with a direct to consumer business, right? Whether it's financial advisory, whether it's mortgage, ask yourself the question, do you want to be having the conversation and have somebody helping to underwrite your mortgage and or originate your mortgage and or put you in a home with somebody who is financially motivated ahead of you or is vested in seeing people and caring and kindness lead people into the right financial fit for the right home? Right, because that's what I heard Frank share tonight. Right, somebody who's invested in people, somebody who reinvent, reinvented himself, a man of God. Right, somebody who is looking to create empowerment for people that have experienced traumatic, traumatic things like sexual abuse. Right, so ask yourself the question: Who do you see in your future, and who do you want to work with? And with that. Frank, how do they find sure. you? Sure. Um, and I want to tell everybody, just look for the relaunch of the social media. Uh, we're redoing everything. So we've been quiet for a couple of months yeah, because we're, we're changing that around. But you can reach me via email. Uh, my email address is my first initial F, last name, M-O-N-E-T-T-I, at advisorsmortgage.com. You can always call me. You know, call me. Shoot me a text on my cell, 908 513 
1202. And uh, yeah, keep an eye out for the social media. And I know we're going to have content on there just like what we talked about yep. tonight. Yep. And uh, yeah, I look forward to bringing like nuggets of truth to everybody. My man, replay folks on weareinfinityx.com. We are InfinityX YouTube. And uh, we went and did it again. We brought value. We talked about what happens in the, what's happening in the interest rate markets. We talked about what's happening in the real estate markets. You guys got the opportunity to watch Perseverance at its finest and the combination of corporate thought process with entrepreneurial thought process cultivated into human excellence. Shout out to Frank Minetti, replay at weareinfinityx.com. Folks, until next Tuesday, we will see you on another episode of We Are Infinity X. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Infinity X. Don't forget to check us out on YouTube by searching We Are Infinity X. Until next time.